Chapter Seventeen of Tilda Jane's Orphans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Tilda Jane's Orphans by Marshall Saunders. Chapter Seventeen: The Return of the Treasures when tilda jane sprang into the sleigh she had uttered a dismayed where's perletta then she had speedily forgotten her for the wild irishman handy andy lord scatterbrain had wriggled from hank's embracing arm and was springing prancing and licking her in spasms of dancing delight the pigeon too hearing tilda jane's voice was beating himself about a box at hank's feet and was calling hoarsely for recognition poor mite he was nearly starved when i got him exclaimed hank and i didn't take time to give him more than half what he wanted there are fresh pills at home cried tilda jane and diving under the rug she brought little housetop from his prison and wrapped him in her apron run in the house tilda said hank when they reached their own gate I'll just drive down to the drug store and telephone Mr. Waysmith. Grandpa was standing in the wide open front door. Hello, father, cried Hank. Call your pup. And he put Handy Andy out in the snow. Andy, Andy, said Grandpa in a voice that crackled when he tried to raise it. The pup cared little for his tones. They were dulcet to him and tearing up the sidewalk he sprang at the old man ran up his legs and his back and fell down rolled over and over jumped in the air agitating and extending his pleading pink tongue till at last grandpa took compassion and stooping down lifted him in his arms the little dog rarely barked grandpa had scarcely heard his pretty puppy voice he was thoroughbred the old man used to say to himself proudly only curs bark but just now he had to change his opinion for handy andy in his excitement was yelping like the veriest cur grandpa turned and walking with one crutch only hitched himself into the kitchen he had his pet alone for the space of two minutes and after looking carefully about to be sure he was not watched he took the little wriggling head between his hands and pressed his face against it an instant later tilda jane and the pigeon with poacher in close attendance burst into the kitchen oh my darling bird said the little girl he is almost famished wait housetop wait till i get your pills and sitting down she reached a hand toward the plate on the table the half-starved bird was so excited that she could scarcely persuade him to keep still long enough to get the pills down his throat crying hoarsely flapping his full-grown wings and embracing and blinding her with them he seemed to reproach her for not making more haste tilda jane at last wound her apron firmly round his wings and then dipping each pill in water slipped it down his throat 
with gurgling coos of delight he received them and after feeling his protruding crop tilda jane gave him a drink and set him in his box that she had hung on the kitchen wall little housetop snuggled down at once upon the straw and with his sleepy brown eyes opening and shutting alternately napped and watched his friends in the kitchen poacher had gone under the stove with gippie who was usually undemonstrative but who now was taking part in the family rejoicing on seeing or rather smelling poacher gippie had fallen into a mild rapture and was now lying beside him excitedly licking the particles of snow off his tired feet grandpa chuckled as his eye fell on them and he looked affectionately down at the pup who had at last gone to sleep on his knee tilda jane was bustling about the kitchen putting tea in the teapot and blissfully surveying her reunited family hank had just come stamping into the room well i've made mr waysmith comfortable also given milkweed something to consider that mare just talked this morning she knows what's going on about as well as we do i declare if she didn't watch poacher and then put her own young nose to the ground she's a gem a cup of tea tilda that'll go right to the spot i had a good dinner at cascapod but i'm ready for something more now tell us about it said the little girl when hank sat with his flowered cup labelled a present to a friend in his hand and first oh hank where's perletta the young man buried his face in his big cup and did not reply i thought when i didn't see her in the sleigh continued the little girl anxiously she must be walking behind then when she wasn't there i knew you must have dropped her somewhere when will she be here hank he shook his head i don't know sissy oh hank what did you tell her to do well sissy i caught up to her at just twelve o'clock this morning would have got her sooner but milkweed cast a shoe and i had to go to a blacksmith's and then poacher had some trouble with the trail it being what they call cold what was she doing when you reached her asked tilda jane poking along the road about a mile beyond karakunk her broad acred feet planking up and down like machinery puppy in a basket on her arm her bundle slung on her back and the pigeon tucked in the front of her coat she walked all night only stopped at cascapod for breakfast and a rest then plodded on through karakunk district she knew i was coming for she kept looking over her shoulder as i sailed up the long straight road through the woods behind her you'd have thought she'd stop but she didn't i never said a word till i reached her then i remarked as pleasant as you please the top of the morning to you handy andy wild irishman the top of the morning black pigeon i never spoke to her she turned round with a grin my but she's strong to travel all night and not to turn a feather without a word 
she handed me the basket and the pigeon then my dear hearers wasn't she going to pack herself in beside me i wheeled milkweed round and set off away from her and she yelled after me hank hank at first then mr hank mr hank i never could get her to say mr hank murmured tilda jane who was listening with a troubled face she said it this morning remarked hank grimly or i'd never have stopped when the sweet sound of my name with a handle to it came floating on the breeze i turned round and cried out did any one call me i did she bellowed with all the starch gone out of her i want to tell you i was running away like little tilda jane well run right on i yelled back don't mind me but you've come arter me she shouted i thought you would i came after the pup and the pigeon i roared good and loud we did have a servant girl we ain't got one now oh hank said tilda jane reproachfully she hates to be called a servant now look here sissy said hank decidedly there's a lot of sweet mealy-mouthed pity in this world that ruins people servant what is there in that word to scare anyone ain't i a servant don't i mind mr waysmith ain't you a servant and a good little one to father and me why don't even the president say he's the servant of the people everybody serves somebody but good land we're all getting so stuck up that soon we'll be a nation of masters with no one to boss but pigs and hosses that's so said grandpa striking the arm of his chair vigorously that's so boy it used to be in the old days in those times servant was servant and master was master now we're all ladies and gentlemen but won't you let perletta come back cried tilda jane in dismay hank looked at his father you speak dad sissy said the old man kindly i'm easy in my mind and i don't want to be hard you like that cracked simpleton if hank don't object i'll agree to her return but mind no more cosseting if she comes tis as servant plain servant with wages if she don't like it she can get out we've got to have someone to do the work and there ain't many girls going but tis mostly to oblige you so say i remarked hank warmly and as she ran away of her own accord let her come back on her own accord but she's so foolish so provoking said the little girl no one will tell her she won't know what to do don't you believe it said hank she's got some sense in that cracked pate of hers and see here sissy i thought of you and your good heart and i looked up the humane society in karakunk their agent has an eye on her she'll be watched and reported to us 
but i told them not to interfere unless they had to for my private opinion is that perletta is stumping her way back here as fast as she can even a pig knows where the litter and fodder are best tilda jane became slightly reassured but her face was still anxious and unhappy and the two men looked apprehensively at each other that pup's tired out isn't he remarked hank with a view to changing the subject dead beat replied grandpa he wouldn't look at his toys and he's been in my room twice scratching at the bed for me to put him on it tilda jane i'm feared he's torn a hole in the quilt let him tear fifty said the little girl affectionately it's so joyful to have him back i guess i'll give him some supper and put him to bed said grandpa maybe a little medicine too his throat isn't as bad as i feared it would be but he's rattling considerable dad exclaimed hank look at his sides he's as plump as a dumpling perletta crammed him good for the love of puppyhood put him to bed fasting even from pills see him shake he's dreamin over the past night and day i say that was a moving experience for a pup he's fagged out mind as well as body grandpa rose and limped into his bedroom where's my red dressing-gown says he he called the pup don't like this old bed-quilt for a cover tis too plain and dark tilda jane got up and found the gown then came back to her seat by the fire ain't you gonna give us any supper sissy asked hank interrupting her train of thought she jumped up oh dear i was forgetting and you must be dreadfully hungry hank you won't be too cross with perletta when she comes back the young man's eyes twinkled i'll be all sugar and honey and roses you just wait sissy i wish she could come home before bedtime murmured tilda jane as she moved about the room she had her wish she and grandpa and hank sat pretty late by the dining-room fire that night going over and over their experiences of the day for they had to tell hank everything that had happened during his absence he was greatly pleased to hear that mr waysmith had called and got tilda jane to relate every detail connected with the visit then he wanted his father's account of it and at eleven p m the old man was just telling how mr waysmith had said they were old friends when a timid knock was heard at the front door the knock was plainly perceptible for they were sitting with the door into the hall wide open and hank with a shrewd nod of his head uttered a decided that's a tap of the goose's wing is it perletta cried tilda jane springing up and almost overturning gippy from her lap yes sissy but hold back i'm the one to interview her you may listen if you like and with a mischievous face hank went tramping in a slow and ponderous fashion through the hall who's there tilda jane and grandpa heard him say in a loud and pompous voice me he exclaimed an instant later 
and who is me you know said perletta stubbornly from the outside past eleven o'clock bawled hank with a magisterial air honest folks in bed and rogues a-running if you don't give me your name how do i know you ain't a thief we had one in the house last night stole some valuable property that i've been all day recovering perletta took some time to think this over then she said i'm hum to bide hank threw the door wide open why it must be my long-lost brother who ran away to sea ten years ago he's the only one out of this home oh who are you he uttered coldly as his eye fell on the somewhat bedraggled perletta you know she said gruffly quit your foolin you're the dead copy of a girl we took from an orphan asylum said hank in pretended astonishment the dead copy enough to be her twin sister her name was merletta or gurletta or some such odd call word ever hear of her i'm her said perletta solemnly oh no you're not said hank shaking his head she ran away she's come back said perletta in deep almost manly tones i assure you replied hank gently that she would never come back she's running in search of a happy home we're dreadful people in this house fight all the time i set store by fights said perletta the strongest desire of whose heart was now that of pleasing do you want a place asked hank kindly yes sir and perletta leaned wearily against the doorpost even her iron constitution was beginning to feel the strain of the past day and night how much wages do you want three dollars a week replied perletta promptly i never give more than two said hank all right sir she said humbly what is your character asked hank are you honest and willing she bobbed her head never steal i never stole a pin's woof in my life she exclaimed indignantly except livestock muttered hank then he said aloud where is your written character from your last mistress i'm a little fussy about my servants perletta did not wince at the opprobrious epithet i never had no writings she said seriously my last boss was a man and he wouldn't give me none have a care now said hank sternly running down late employers isn't going to get you a berth here i dare say that nice young man who hired you last found you such a traipsy mopsy baggage that he was glad to get rid of you perletta maintained a discreet silence and hank went on can you wash and iron and bake and scrub yes sir said perletta meekly and do you dote on animals and old men and girls cause we've got specimens of all i just hanker arter old men and children she said with great humility and as for dumb critters i like em better than speakin ones 
come in said hank grandly this is the place for you on second thoughts no he went on barring the way go round to the back door i find it makes my servants top loftical to come in the same door as i do i let you in at the woodhouse door and don't you ever let me see you use this front entrance and he shut the door in her face on his way to the woodhouse he peeped in the dining-room his father sat with a broad grin on his face tilda jane looked rather distressed mushy-hearted muttered hank that's the way with girls and women no discipline among themselves well perletta ain't going to lovey-dovey this family while i'm round and he lifted the hook on the back door perletta entered with great docility and stood expectantly before him hank stared at her and she said slyly what's the way upstairs sir and what room be i to have he chuckled inwardly quite a witsnapper then he said pointing to a rough stairway at the back of the woodhouse go up there and walk straight ahead you'll find a room on the right that belonged to your unworthy predecessor take it and keep it neater than she left it wait a bit till i get you a lantern you might stumble the house being strange to you could i set by the fire a spell and warm myself she asked gazing wistfully through the open door at the kitchen stove he surveyed her red face and hands no you can't the blood is galloping through your veins and you're not cold you're only trying to pry into family secrets go to bed i'm main hungry she said with increasing wistfulness go upstairs he said imperiously my adopted sister will put a plate of cold victuals outside your door presently perletta with the utmost politeness and amiability obeyed him saying agreeably as she closed the stair door good night sir hank hurried into the dining-room and shutting the door burst into one of his enjoyable fits of laughter i've broke that plunging will she'll not hank me again nor will she run in search of a happy home even tilda jane was smiling now it did seem good to hear her speak nice and respectful she said instead of so impudent and pert end of chapter seventeen recording by john brandon